Hey Siri, destroy asteroid. <laughs> With the theme song playing in the background. I don't want to close my eyes. <laughs> Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Oh no, keep going. I didn't want to stop. I'm not sure what the f*** this is. I'm about to find out. This is Talkin' Audio. we go on an all-new episode of the Talk Can Audio Podcast, coming to you from our studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. My name's Matt, and uh, we're reasonably happy to be welcoming back to the studio our buddy Chris Hoffley. What's happening, man? It's like the nicest introduction I've ever had. (laughs) Reasonably happy. We're not not unhappy. We're neutrally aware... That Chris is here today. <laughs> I'm doing wonderful, Matt. How are you? I'm doing all right, man. Uh, glad to have you back in studio. Before I allow you to uh, to discuss the beer you're drinking, uh, got a little boned pick. Uh-oh. Um, as you may be aware, we recently celebrated episode 1000 of the uh, the Tall Can Audio podcast, and uh, you declined our invitation to attend. You did send in uh, a cameo, which on which you chose to spend your time just bashing the leaf. <laughs> I think I, if I, if memory serves, I also forgot to introduce myself yes. on said cameo. Like, it was just me. I just started talking like hey, everyone, everybody, the everyone should just know who I am. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that happened as well. Uh, what happened, man? Where were you on our thousandth episode? Cause you said you were at a family wedding. That's kind of lame. Sounds kind of made up. No, uh, you know what? This, everyone's <laughs> shitting on me this summer because I've had so many weddings. Yeah. You usually, said you got another one coming. I yeah. do. I usually, I average like one. You are not this popular. One important wedding, like every two years is yeah. usually my average. Right. It, it's just like the fifth one that I'm going to this summer, like in spring and summer coming up and they've all been like close friends or family. So it's not even like I can pick and choose. Right. Be like, ah, you're sort of I'm a supposed friend, to go drink beer and yeah. do a podcast. <laughs> yeah. And so that was, I'm trying to think of which one. Anyway, I believe you were in New Hampshire. That was New Hampshire. That was my cousin's wedding. Okay. Which was. Nobody goes voluntarily to New Hampshire. Well, my family that was getting married lives there. Yeah. So that was part of it. All right. But it was beautiful. I hear the foliage is lovely. It was hotter than <laughs> shit, Matt. I'm not even kidding. Like it was so nicely done and they had rented this whole inn out and there were goats, like live goats at the end that you could just oh. feed and pet. Like it was like my like One chi- of those like <laughs> little Hoff was in heaven. I was like, ooh, petting zoo. And they're like, when you say your cousin you come was back married, to dinner, it was please. to another cousin. <laughs> uh, no, it, it, we weren't in. I was going to throw like some random American state under the bus for inbreeding. So I'm not going to specify, but no, it was my cousin, um, my cousin Catherine. Okay. Uh, who's getting married? Congratulations! To, if yeah. you're listening, yes. I'm going to send her this late to be like, look, yeah. I name dropped you. <laughs> Um, yes, Catherine got married to her, uh, now husband Luke, and it was a good, fun family wedding. There was Oktoberfest night, bef- the night before the wedding, so we all had to wear lederhosen. Wait, in August? Yeah, it Early was ba- August. Yeah, it was, and again, it was like hotter than usual there. It was like cl- closing in on 40 degrees with the humidex, so the leather shorts, man, were not, <laughs> it's not great timing, but it was a good time. I don't know, the visual of Hoffley in leather shorts might be... Might they, be worth. They that. weren't tight leather <laughs> okay. shorts. Just for the record, let's move past this. I'm picturing like uh, late '90s Shawn Michaels dancing around. Uh, I don't know if you were ever a wrestling guy, but uh, there were, there's a few people out there who are enjoying the visual right now. Of well, you're welcome. Hoffley in his leather shorts, and uh, luckily, uh, I guess you can follow him if you want at Hoff on Sports on Instagram. You will not see any leather shorts. I promise. All right, man. What are we sipping on today? 
Well, should I be honest and say that I'm just about to open my first beer? Should I just acknowledge that I'm already drinking one? No, this is what we do, man. It's the, the we have a little green room session before the mics get turned. Yeah, on. so I'm I'm working and getting low on the uh, Next Coast IPA by Goose Island. Okay, love Goose Island. Yeah. in general. Um, oh, this is seven percent. Shit, that was a hefty, right. hefty one to start in on. <laughs> um, but I feel like I'm robbing you of the soundbite of me doing the. All right. So my second one that I'll get to now shortly. Now we put the pressure on him to like hit a pace here too. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> That's why I Ubered here. Yeah. Um, we've got the uh, Nita Beer Company, always great. These Sweet Sums Pale Ale. Oh, and that's a nice beer. I'm excited for and, it. Uh, and Andy brought a couple of those over when uh, uh, he was here a couple times actually. We, we've had Andy in. Thanks, uh, Andy. He was nice enough to come in and, uh, and record his, uh, his episode 1000 uh, cameo because uh, he's been a longtime friend of the show. And, Is that uh, another shot at me for yeah, not being a here? Bit, a little, little bit. bit. Yes. Uh, Settle. Because he, I, te- I emailed him the first time. I was like, hey, do you want to do this? He's like, yes, but I don't want to like send it in by phone. Like, I want to come in and use your sweet setup. <laughs> I was like, all right. It dude. is a sweet setup. And he came in and brought beer. So I never turn Andy away, right? Like that's. This is a legit studio. I always like coming here. So much better than doing this over virtual oh, Zoom means. and the first few times you were on when everything had to be done. Remote, yeah, fuck. It's just a reminder that you're just at home alone drinking by yourself and be like, oh, maybe if I do this podcast, <laughs> yeah, if I zoom with somebody, like a little bit better. Yeah, no, this is all the world allows me to do right now, so it's okay. Uh, and then he was in again um, not too long ago as uh, he's been teeing up his October. I'm curious because you said you did the October, you know, before we do that, I want to drink my beer. So yeah, get into it. This is the, uh, from the Man Antler Brewing Company down in Bowmanville. Man antler. Man antler. Yeah. It's all kinds of questions. That, yeah. That, I don't, none of them are appropriate. <laughs> no. <laughs> Which means they're perfect for this show. Uh, this is the scabby leg milk stout. Uh, I do believe I've had this once before, but uh, I, I can't remember. Let's, A scabby leg or this particular beer. It's it's possible for two things to be true at the same time. Um Look, we've done a thousand episodes now of Talking Audio. I can't remember every beer I've tried over the years. So uh, this will be one of numerous uh, uh, repeats that we're going to get into. But you mentioned doing Oktoberfest in early August. Yes. It feels like up here, um, just this past weekend, Nita did their Oktoberfest on the weekend of, uh, of September 24th. And it seems up here like that's when a lot of breweries do the, like uh, Bose for a long time, had a sweet Oktoberfest out at their facility. But all of them are like the last weekend of September. None it's of like them the ever seem to fall in October. Summer, hopefully, I think they probably think of like September. The weather might still be like quasi bearable to be outside, and sort of these things. Ooh, well, that's a nice beer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> scabby leg. <laughs> yes. I I don't know. They feel mistitled, man. Like I. Yeah, I mean, it's right there in the name. Yeah. You know. Hit me with the first, and it's probably because Thanksgiving gets in your way, and now you're into the second or third but week of it's October. It's so fun to celebrate Oktoberfest. You should be able to in do August? it anytime, any time of the year. Like big, st- big beer steins, leather shorts. Like at this wedding I was at, we had they were like they had stein races, and oh. they had like where you sit there with a full stein, and everyone like has to hold it out. I'm doing this to Matt showing Matt. Like, of course, yeah. other people can see this right now, but yeah. you hold the full stein out in front of you, with and it's full of beer, and like whoever can hold it like with their arm parallel to the ground the longest wins wins what i don't know admiration yeah because it seems to me like you lose it's you don't get to drink your beer until well, you're eventually arm eventually you do <laughs> uh yeah I, I don't totally understand everything that goes into uh the oktoberfest uh thing and i really 
Like, I'm going to voluntarily lose the contest you just described. Like, just cause fuck it. <laughs> you're just going to be sitting there in the corner like, wait, what were we doing? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, man. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I want to ask you about here, and maybe this is about to end with the NHL season about to return. You've been weirdly quiet on uh, on the Twitter. Still, <laughs> still as active as ever on the Instagram. But uh, we're hearing less and less from Hoffley on Twitter. Is that a like a self-preservation mental health thing? Or is that wait for the Leafs to lose a game I, to the Senators <laughs> and then return to smash Matt kind of thing? What's, think, what's going on, man? I think it's a little bit of a few things. I think part of it, yeah, I think I'm just, you know, these day, this day and age, I think the less time, you know, spent interacting with some of the shit that goes on on Twitter probably is, is best for everyone's mental health. <laughs> sure. um, I'm still very active. Like, I, I'm on Twitter a lot. I, you know, I still get... That's how I stay informed in a lot of things or at least get directed to things that I want to learn about. So right. I'm constantly scouring scouring it. But yeah, I think part of it's just being busy. Part of it's not, you know, running. I went on a good run in COVID just, you know, on, sometimes oh, you just want to so pick much. fights when you're stuck yeah, in isolation. And you're like, but you realize after you've had enough like stupid arguments with some like three follower fucking <laughs> bot nobody that um, – like you're, I don't know. I feel like there's that energy could and should probably be spent better elsewhere. So, does this um, relate? I, back? I go, I go through phases, yeah. and like, I, I'm, you know, I'm a pretty outspoken person, but I also, you know, realize that I, I represent the organization brand, that I work yeah, for, yeah. and a lot of people just don't know how to differentiate the fact between like. Yes, you know, my Twitter bio says where I work, but also it's my Twitter account. Yeah. Like I'm not. You're one of those people who has to put in the description, like, yeah, does not is, speak for my... Is, and, and I'll tell people that, that that actually doesn't really mean that much, because if you say something horrible on Twitter and you get you, you yeah, can't rely, can you can't you rely on, no. well, it doesn't represent your views. It's like, no, you're still an asshole. <laughs> yes. so, um, um, but, so, I just, yeah, I just think that it's a cesspool in a lot of ways. <laughs> and um, I go through phases where I feel like, you know, I need to speak out on, on certain things and certain, you know... Like, you know, stuff like Roe Ro v. Wade being overturned in the States. Yeah. And, you know, I have no problem jumping in on that argument right. and telling you exactly where I fucking stand with that stuff because that, to me, is a easy black and white issue. Sure. Same um, here, yeah. But at the, at the same time, I don't just want to pick fights with people for no reason because I don't just want to be that guy on Twitter that argues with people because I know too many of them and too many of those same one types of tweeters. Tweeters? Twi- Twitterists. Twitterists. <laughs> just drives me crazy like it's you know at a certain point we all have better shit to do and you know if we spend a little bit time a little bit less time arguing with each other on our, like a meaningless social media platform we'd probably be a little bit better for it so i'm trying to practice what i preach in that regard yeah all right um but i i, I, I say that now like i'll probably be back in a couple oh when the, when the least and sense by the first time i'm gonna absolutely eviscerate you and everybody else <laughs> that i know that likes that stupid blue team well it's funny because eh, I, I agree with you and you, it dates back to that whatever it was, August, July, that Roe v. Wade thing. And I, I, before the show that we did, that I just felt like, I don't want to leave any room for ambiguity. What is this? Words. (laughs) Scabby legs. (laughs) Exactly. Ambiguity. I think I hit that that close enough to correct that (laughs) I'm just going to leave it. Um, I didn't want that to be left up to interpretation or guesswork or, or whatever. And so... Before whatever the hell stupid shit we were going to talk about on the podcast that day, uh, I just recorded a statement that said, you know, this was a horrible thing um, that it had been overturned and all my feelings on it. And then said, you know, exactly how I felt that, uh, you know, women and, and whatever, 
safe here, welcome here, unjudged mm-hmm. here, all these sorts of things. And for the next 10 days, my DMs, my replies, yeah. my, and I'm, it's like, we're not a big show. It's and that all these wild. people, oh, fucking Jesus will rain down upon yeah. you. And you're like, cool, I guess. Like, like, if I was worried about Jesus raining down on me, I would have been more worried earlier. And like, what, like before, episode you know. 13 yeah. of the talking no, audio and, podcast. And that's part of it. I, I really do think that it's necessary for people with, you know, even our you know, modest platforms yeah. to to make it clear where we stand on certain. It doesn't have to be every issue, but like certain kind of life changing, world changing issues. That was a big moment. I think you just have to, like, I mean, you have to, if you, you know, some people don't want to get public discussions about anything, and fair enough if that's your thing. But I think if you do, like we do, speak out on yeah. s- certain less important issues to the grand scheme of the world <laughs> with passion, I think for something like this, you can, you, find, got, you know, you got to step up and, and say something. And, and it goes back to me, it goes like the really negative stuff goes back to the, you know, the convoy and the protests yeah. in, in Ottawa. And it just got, it just got so, so out of hand what people were saying to each other. And, and the replies that, yep. you know, you'd get to what you thought was kind of an innocuous kind of point of view <laughs> being like, maybe we don't shut down the whole city for nonsense. And, <laughs> um, so, but then you get like, it, it, it's the hate of it all. Like yeah. It was, you know, for, for just no reason whatsoever. So I think at that point I was a little bit like, why am I arguing with like actual legitimate trolls? Yeah. Like accounts that I'm not scoring any points. I'm not getting anything out of this. They are. A couple easy dunks. Yeah, I mean, early on are fun I'm, enough. I'm still, I'm still human. Like, <laughs> yeah. a, when they're all out there, like shovel, like sh- trying to make snow forts to block the like. Here's our hot tub. Yeah, it's like that shit is like the lowest. Like, there are women in Iran right now burning hijabs <laughs> like, for real reasons. They don't have hot tubs and bouncy castles. Yeah, no. Sometimes like, you have to go after the low hanging fruit. Like serious it's like, protests. It's right there. Yeah. No, I'm with you there. Um, I, I, so yeah, I, I, part of it's burnout from it all. I've been on Twitter for a really long time. It's nice. Yeah. You just need to take a little step back but i love pictures so instagram photography that always big into instagram our cesspool still open i talk in audio give us a follow and uh and off you can send your hate mail to me on twitter (laughs) at chris hoffley (laughs) at chris hoffley is uh like i said once the nhl season starts off no doubt i think it's night two it's leafs and send so we'll uh it's it's quick we're gonna beat you yeah, maybe. I, I don't, we'll see. We can get into all that, I, I, I suppose, as we go. Uh, one of the things, I guess, before we go any further, look, there are people listening who want me to ask those questions, right? The Red Blacks have had a rough season. We are sitting here now on, you know, in the week after another rough game. Um, if I truly felt that it was possible to blame you for the year that the Red Blacks were having, I'd have done it long ago. I I can't sit here and watch these games in my living room going, fucking Hoffley, just ruining this fucking I'm sure season. some people do. Like, I, that's fine. Like, well, as we, date all, as we circle back to the Twitter thing, I, you were getting some heat for a, a, a typo earlier in the season. And I was like, what is happening? I'd probably leave Twitter too. If, yeah, I think uh, I called I called the, uh, it's one of those press releases that you use a template for. You just like sure. plug and play words, like just because you put the same one out. It's like this game's happening. Here's the, right. you know, the broadcast information. I think I called them the Calgary Argonauts or yeah. the Toronto Stampede. He doesn't the, even know the league. <laughs> yeah. Like, Been oh. here seven years and I actually <laughs> thought there was a Calgary Argonauts team here. Yeah, shit happens. But I mean, like, that's again, like just the emotional energy you put into having this conversation. You're like, you know what? Fuck it. It's sunny outside. Right. It's still summer. I'm going to go do that instead of this. But yes, you can still ask me yeah, no, about, it, the, about the game. It, it wasn't a good week for the uh, for the Red Blacks. It hasn't really been a, a great season. And, you know, 
if I wanted to go in depth on the X's and O's, I'd reach back into the contacts list and, and see if our buddy, uh, Lapo would, would take my call or whatever. <laughs> but look, it, I, it, it'd be remiss if I did not ask you about what, just what's the vibe right now around the OSEG offices, because it hasn't been a great season for the Red Blacks, but we are also now at a point where we're kicking off what looks to be a fairly optimistic season for the 67s. Just, you know, what's happening around the OSEG offices right now? How are people feeling? I mean, it's tough. There's a lot, you know, there's a lot of people, not even counting like the actual football side, like the actual OSEG kind of business offices where you have your... Like you if know, I got to make a call to somebody and go, do you want to renew your season ticket? Yeah, it's... it's That guy might not be in a great mood right it's now. T- it's really tough. And yeah. I really, you know, I've been here for a little bit. Like this is my seventh season, I think, in with the, with the Red Blacks and the CFL. So, and I've been kind of through the ups and downs of... Like great success going back to the great cup, great success. and, and great, it's great success. Um, and to you know the last couple of years, which have you know I'm the PR guy. It's I can't even spin that. It's just been it's been a rough yeah rough couple of years. And so yeah, it sucks. Like you don't want to be no because that's the other thing when you work in this organization and you work for this team. Like everybody really really wants to win. Like it's sure you don't work in this business if you don't you know have a great passion for for the teams that you're working with and so we everyone wants the wants the team to be successful and it hasn't been this year and that so yeah the vibe is you know a lot of people are still working their asses off because we have other we have you know the rest of the season we have the 67 starting up we have this whole you know little village at td place sure. that we have you know concerts and 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 all that stuff so there's you know no one really gets to take you know take a minute to lick their wounds we just you know keep trucking along and people you know are excited about you know everything else that's coming down the pipe but yeah no it's frustrating it's it's tough for the ticketing guys to have to to have to reach out to fans after a game like that and it's tough to you know go out there and try to put a positive happy kind of face on stuff when you know how how people are feeling but knowing that we still have to sell this this team and the product and the guys have so been so good about that and you know sticking with us and not kind of hanging their heads and being miserable. So that's been from that point of view, I've been really impressed with with our group from the players to the coaches to to the staff. Like people are kind of sticking together and not being too you know down in the dumps. Right. But at a certain point, yeah, it's, it's it is what it's, it is. It's, it's difficult, and we are where where you know Sean Burke, GM, and and you know Paul Apolis will say that you know we are what we are what our record is i think nobody nobody saw expected us to be in this position no. when the season started but this is this is where you are now you can make excuses that we we've lost close games and we've been in we've been in a bunch but at the end of the day doesn't doesn't mean shit and that's you know we are where we are right now and the you know plan moving forward is to to get out of this hole that we've we've dug ourselves maybe playoffs a little bit ambitious at this point even if we're not mathematically out but looking looking forward and yeah the east i guess has left the door the east has been cooperative in in that front but (laughs) but it's 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 looking bleak yeah yeah and and, you know realistically like that's 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 the situation we're facing but the players are going into every game looking to looking to win and no one's you know, no one's given up, but it's it's frustrating and it's hard on everybody. You're the guy who has to go in at the end of a game. And, you know, the the one that just happened on Saturday night is a prime example. And those happen to every team where you the score is not what you want it to be. It it's it's you know, maybe as close to a low point of the season as as one runs into. 
how hard has it been to go in and get guys to come out and face the media? Or has this been a group that's reasonably willing to come and face the music? I mean, I hate just having to ask the guys after a loss to go it, to go talk to anybody. It's part of the gig and yeah. it's part of our collective jobs, them to do it and me to make it happen. But our guys are amazing. Like I love, we have such a good group and I've been really lucky over the years to have had that more often than not with this team. So, you know, guys, they don't always smile no. when they see me coming. <laughs> Um, I don't. At this point, most <laughs> <laughs> it's not the general reaction. Right. Um, it's but not a it. thing. It's I, a hot like, thing. They do it, and they, you know, there's. I don't. I don't have to twist twist a lot of arms typically. And obviously, when you're in the situation we are now, you tend to lean on the vets a lot more, and and go to the guys who have been around to try to offer some, you know, veteran perspective on things. So I really appreciate the guys that have, you know, the the Antoine Prunos and the and the Brendan Galanders and the Nate Bahar Nate. Nate Bahar has just been just friggin' awesome, awesome guy. this year, yeah. like on and off the field for us. Um, but just working for with me, especially on the, on the media stuff, and just understanding that part of part of his role, it's really been it's really been awesome. So they make it easier for me than it probably would be everywhere. But it's still not a, not a super fun few minutes. What can you tell us about uh, the recovery at this point of Jeremiah Masoli? Where's he at? How's he doing? He's doing well. Masoli's been at practice lately, not practicing, but he's been there, you know, watching drills, talking to the quarterbacks, talking to the other players, just being a being a presence there. He's off crutches. He's got a, you know, doesn't really have anything particular on his leg anymore, um, keeping that all together. So that seems to be looking you know, really good. I don't know what we're thinking at this point in terms of timeline. Um, this year is probably an ambitious right. expectation, just given uh, what he went through with the injury and then the surgery and, and the recovery from that. But um, maybe this is an unfair question. If the team was in a better spot, would hard, you push harder? Maybe it'd be more likely you see him. But maybe I don't know. They never asked for my opinion on 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 these like on these that. decisions. But they. <laughs> And nor, <laughs> nor should they. <laughs> but no, I think, you know, when you're talking, you know, this wasn't like a, you know, it wasn't a hamstring. No, it's not a minor nagging injury. like it was no. a major, it was a, you know, it was a broken leg and, and surgery for it. Yeah. So it's, and, you know, you can tell that he's, you know, he's, he's not exactly walking like you, a normal uninjured person sure, would walk yeah. at this point, but he's, he, you've really started to see the progress with him lately and he's out and about at practice and he, um, he's around the guys and the guys love having him, having him around. So, and you know, the quarterbacks, you know, having a veteran like that in the mix again, um, is, is awesome. So he's, he's, he's around, he's getting better. Um, it's, you know, looking good and going into the off season and next season, but it's going to be a while yet. Uh, the 67s. Uh, speaking of things under the OSEG umbrella, Yay. are kicking off a uh, a new season, and there seems to be some optimism around that. And look, I, we can talk about that a bit. I know I've already asked you about this once. Uh, we talked a couple of months ago via Zoom. Uh, I think you were dog sitting or something, and and couldn't come into the uh, the studio. So that sounds like an excuse. Yeah, exactly. Um, I know you weren't in a dry hood period. That's not something that was, uh, look. One of the things that we've all been focused on over the summer is the Hockey Canada scandal and everything that's going on there. Have you guys had a different approach at all as as camp started? Uh, I know there's always, I don't want to over-formalize it, seminars mm-hmm. or, or discussions or whatever. Um, have you guys had to change your approach and the things you talked about with some of these young players based on what we've all seen this summer? I don't know if we've had to change it so much as we've had to reinforce some aspects of it. I think we've always, I like to think as an organization, we've been kind of ahead of the curve in terms of that open kind of frank discussion with the players about, 
you know, not only how to be representatives of the organization, but how to be like not shitty human beings. <laughs> it's an important um, fact. It's there's so and, and you can't be perfect when you're bringing guys in, but there's just so much work that goes into um, deciding to bring players into the 67s and the character of the players and the billet families that we put these players in to really maximize that. So I think overall we've been very happy with kind of the maturity of guys and taking in the information that we provide them within those kind of those group sessions that we have during during training camp and, and throughout the year. Like I think it's not a one and done. Um, one and done deal for us when it comes to educating players. It's not just like we sit them down and and lecture them once Here's during the one, preseason. Three hour focus. Yeah, it, like there's going to be, and it's not always focused on, you know, sexual violence necessarily. It could be fo- focused on racism or homophobia sure. in yeah. sports, and that's something that you try to um, stretch throughout the season because I think when you're when you're a developing young hockey player and you're a teenager, you know, sixteen year old coming to the league, I think. It's just responsible to give that, you know, we expect them to go to high school still as they're going through the league. Yeah. As part of their continuing education, we we, we look at that as, as, a, as a similar sort of thing that it's not just, you know, hey, we're going to read you the riot act for five minutes and then we expect you to um, just, you know, that that's one and done and that's it. It's going to be something that gets reinforced throughout the year and every year with new crops of players. And then when you expect those older guys and the vets that have been around to, to you know, set that example and, and, you know, share their knowledge about it as well. Have you followed, you know, obviously you're in the, in the PR biz and you've also done the the journalism thing before that. Have you followed what's happened and, and the steps that Hockey Canada has made? Like it feels a lot like from Jump Street, they've made the wrong statement every time. Um, and we just saw, I don't know, I guess it was about a week ago that parents of kids you know, playing, you know, minor hockey, Timbits hockey, whatever across the country received a seminar or not seminar, a questionnaire. I'm very hung up on the word <laughs> seminar for some <laughs> reason at this seminars. point. Yes. Uh, just a questionnaire survey on the different things that Hockey Canada does. And one of the questions, and this comes from Rick Westhead, who's been basically all over this mm. since, uh, since the beginning was that one of the questions, uh, and, and you got to weigh in, it was a multiple choice question was the media attention that Hockey Canada, and I'm paraphrasing a little because I don't have it right here in front of me, but the media attention that this story has received uh, has been unwarranted or unfair. And it seems an awful lot like that is a leading question where they badly want parents to say, we agree. They want this to go away, right? They want to, this is a, a question that, in my opinion, and I know you are not afraid to disagree with me, uh, should the need arise, but is they're taking the temperature. Are we weathering the storm or are people still pissed and, and we are actually going to have to make a change or two? Because from where I'm sitting, Hockey Canada's handled this poorly at every turn. They've been summoned to Parliament. They looked poor there. Um, multiple you know, they've refused to, to change any kind of management. They're looking to weather the storm. And I felt like that question when you ask parents across the country was looking to see if they were being successful. Did you see that story and where, did you read anything into it? Yeah. And I've, I'd like to say that that's an isolated incident with places doing damage control to have those kinds of like looking for that kind of leading feedback. And I think, yeah, I think you're a hundred percent right. Um, they're, you know, I guess I don't blame them to be taking the temperature. Sure, if see I where was we're in, at. It's hard, you know, it's, it, I don't necessarily want to put myself in that position of having to figure out 
the mess that this is this has all been but i will say that if it had been handled better in general from the beginning there would be none of this in terms of extra investigations and like this you think would have been dealt with in an appropriate way ages ago yeah and I, you know, I have to I have to be careful a little bit talking about this because we do have, sure, you know, for for a whole variety of reasons, and talking about being a spokesperson for the organization that I work with yep. on, on Twitter. But certainly, I think it's it's very safe to say that it has been handled in a way that has just invited more skepticism, more criticism, more attention, criticism, and you know, from just a pure media relations standpoint that's the opposite of what you want to do when you're right. dealing with with what it would be you know you'd call crisis communications when your organization is in a very let's call it delicate place in terms of uh public perception and that's probably being generous um yeah it's it's a it's a weird one and i i, I don't know if there's you know i don't know what comes of it at that at that point i think you know it's great that this investigation's yep. happening now or that they reopened it, I suppose, and it's great that you know by all accounts they're getting cooperation from the places that it needs to come from, so that they can get to the bottom of of everything. And hopefully, you know, there's severe, severe consequences for the people that were uh, involved, you know, either directly or indirectly in this. When we get Hoffley to uh, to start his own podcast under the Tolkien Audio banner, it will be called Crisis Communication. <laughs> I love it. I, te- I mean, I've taught it. Like I, you know, like oh, I forgot you're a teacher. Crisis Comms is like it's kind of like, like a you know it's a big part of working in in PR media relations, but it's you know generally you hope is not involved you don't in this want kind to of subject it. matter. No, but it's yeah. a, in any organization, no matter what you do, sure. you can run into issues where you have this, you know, when. It's, that's you know that's what it becomes it's all about damage control and and figuring out what other people are thinking and viewing you as and that seems to be what's happening now so let me take the reins off you then and ask you something much further away from your particular My domain yeah your responsibility uh we've seen the canadian men's national team gearing up for the world cup and yeah. we're gonna play in that we're gonna be in that um, amazing we're out of the D division and up to, uh, the world cup. And so last week in a, in a friendly Canada beats Qatar, who's going to host, but is a reasonably weak side, mm-hmm. but Canada, uh, wins that game two nil. Uh, they played Uruguay today. Uruguay is 13th, uh, overall in the world. Canada lost two nil, but put up a reasonably good fight. We'll call it. Uh, but after that game against Qatar last week, um, Jonathan David, uh, when they stood for the anthems, put his hand over the Nike logo on his uniform. And that stems back to the fact that Canada will be the only team in Qatar who does not have a new World Cup kit. And I use that word. Like I, did, I, like I, fit I didn't in with, know that. That's Like I fit in with the soccer crowd. <laughs> like, well, I that's know what you call it. It's a kit. It's a kit. And to like diehard soccer fans, terminology is very, uh, Oh very man, important. they will roast yeah, you. Yeah, I've never gotten so much shit for saying like something a little jersey. bit. Incre- oh. you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. So um, I've gotten a lot of that because I, I've been very upfront and honest about this throughout the qualifying process. I've loved the hell out of it. I've watched that men's national team go from just complete laughing stock to you know, almost running the table. Hell yeah. In I've, never, I've never been excited about a men's 
no. Canadian soccer team. Because we've been terrible forever in my since, life. what, 88 yeah. or some shit. And like, when I was three. Yeah, so exactly. Legitimately. <laughs> so it's been fun to watch. And I, I've said this on the show a few times. I've enjoyed watching it because it reminds me of how I used to watch hockey before I thought I knew things about hockey, right? I don't know what's a good strategy. I don't know what your best lineup is. I'm just cheering that we kick the ball into the net. I want this team to score more goals than the other other team. team. That would be awesome, right? And that is the extent of my expertise. And so you just kind of ride it out. And that's how I used to watch hockey as a kid. And now... You sit there and go, oh, I don't know how to put that guy on the third line, not the second What's line. What's his Corsi? <laughs> right, exactly. So I think those things are important. I enjoy them. But in soccer, I don't know them. I don't understand them. I'm just along for the ride, and it's been a blast. And so now we get to a point where Canada is going to qualify or has qualified for the World Cup. They are going, but they will be the only team that does not have a new, for non-soccer fans, uniform. For you soccer fans, chill out. It's a kit. We know it's a kit. And there's a lot of things that go into that. First of all, nobody expected Canada to qualify. And Nike has said, you know, as the the group who put together the kits, um, you know, we didn't really see you coming. It, it, <laughs> it takes like 18 months to turn it around, which like you and I could walk into any t-shirt shop in downtown Ottawa and get a shirt made tomorrow if we wanted to. It might not be World Cup quality. Worthy. But 18 months seems like a little much to me when you're talking about this. But here you have a star player like Jonathan David, who has become a household name across Canada during this qualifying process. And during the first opportunity in a friendly um, where they're going to, you know, go out and play, uh, this is the first time they've played since that announcement has been made that Canada won't have a new kit. And he goes out and uses his hand to cover up the Nike logo. I like it. As a PR guy, would you like it? No, probably no. not. No, Okay. I so like it as this a, is why I, I wanted to ask you. I like it as a human, as a fan, as a human guy. Yeah, no, as a guy who um, I'm with you, a spiteful bitch who's like, Fuck that's you. a yeah. I mean, I try not. Yeah, I mean, as a PR guy, you do have to think about sponsorships and who's wearing what and who's bright. You know, we have the same rule like in the CFL. When I bring a guy to do a TSN interview, he's got to be wearing something that's with that's new era branded or not have any you know right. visible logos. Um, and so, yeah, it, it makes my life more difficult if a guy decides <laughs> to wear a, you know, literally any other brand shirt, shirt sure. into something like that. So, I'm a yeah, big new era as, guy, as, yeah, what's that? I'm a big new era. I love the new era. The 3930. I'm a 3930 guy. I know Maddie who's in here a lot. He's a 5950 guy yeah. when it comes to the hats. No, yeah. I'm, I'm not cool enough for that. I, I like to mix. I, I'm not like. I can't pull it off. The no. 5950. <laughs> Is that a snapback? No, it's the f- wide flat. Peak, yeah, yeah. That's not, not really my style. Either. I can't do that. I have to be a thirty-nine, thirty. I think I'm too old for that. Now. Yeah, no, hundred yeah. percent. But yeah, I love. It. I mean, the, that. The, but the, the spitefulness of it. Yeah, the... it. Oh yeah, that's like a. I mean, that's sending a message. So you got a platform, and you're not giving us like. I get it. I get why he's pissed off. Yeah, for sure. Like you're, you feel like you're a, you know, playing second fiddle and. I don't know. I have to. I don't think we have any Nike sponsorships at work. <laughs> I have to call bullshit on Nike on the 18th month. 18 month months. Turnaround. Come on. I mean, I have no idea. I don't work in merch, but that seems nuts to me. You qualified in April. The yeah. things in November, you can't turn around a couple of jerseys. It's not, it's not like they need to be intricate. Like no. throw a, f- a few maple leaves on that bad boy. Yeah, like seriously, call it call it a day. But I don't, I don't know. It's gonna get the only thing. The problem with something like that. The problem when anyone does, like a player does any kind of overt kind of sign of protest or whatever, right or wrong, or, you know, whether or not you believe in the cause, 
it becomes the story. Yes. Right? So they're going to be answering a lot more questions about Nike and Jersey spot kit sponsorships than I think they, anyone on that team probably wants to. Just here trying to talk about this. <laughs> the beautiful game. I'm yeah. thinking of a fake British accent. Um, I apologize to you. One British listener. <laughs> British listener, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so it, do, it does become, you know, it becomes a thing. So, it, you know, depending on what his teammates feel about it, then, you know, you might have some guys be like, shit, I have to answer another question about, you know, uniform sponsorships. Do you think there's a... Like, how much added attention do you think this is going to get? It was also reinforced today that uh, the TSN and CTV will carry Canada's games at the World Cup. Like, are you and I the except? Like, it sounds like, as this went on, like, I can tell you, for at least the last several matches, I was all in. I was watching all of it. Like I said, right up front, I don't understand. <laughs> not a hardcore. I'm not an expert. Those nets look really big. Yeah. But I was digging it, right? There was something about it yeah. that I... Did you get on board the same way? And do you expect the ratings to be big here? Do you think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I mean, I give a lot of credit to the interest in soccer in this country now to the women's Canadian yeah. soccer team, um, who have just been An Olympic like, gold medal, absolutely slaying on that front for the last and just be, be before that, like they just oh yeah, they've put soccer back on the map in this country significantly. So I think dating back to like London 2012 for sure, right? and I think so. That I think that excitement and the fact. You know, the fact that those eyeballs are on the game in general now in this country and coupled out with the fact that the men's team doesn't suck anymore. Right. Um, and that soccer is generally considered the most, you know, yeah. popular sport in the world. Um, like there's an ego thing. I think all of that translates into there's going to be tons of eyeballs on it. I think there's a lot of people curious about a Qatar World Cup. It's it's yeah, been very that's a, a subject thing. of much debate and controversy and intrigue since it was announced. Um, so yeah, I think all of those things factor I, into. The thing that I can't wait watching. to see is during those couple weeks every year that the World Cup is on, you see in every major city in Canada Italian flags and mm-hmm. British flags and and you know we're we're a, a country of immigrants and that's fantastic and we're a country of uh, you know, people whose grandparents came from different places and that's awesome. And and so we've always seen those flags pop up during the world cup. And I will be curious to see how many of those, and in a very non-judgmental way, yeah, that's, a, that's a good point. How many of those flags become Canadian flags? How many of those people cheered for Italy because that's where their grandparents were yeah. from. And if Canada is in there now, will we see those flags? Will we see double flags? And I, to me, that's the most likely, most positive outcome. I wonder It'd how be many very of them. Canadian. We're like, we don't want to offend our ancestry, but like, yeah, like we're in Canada. We're just want to share. So, but at the both. same time, like we're in, but we're not sure how good we're gonna do. So we don't really put our toe in the water. I mean, realistically, I don't. Do. I don't think anyone's expecting Canada to win the world. No, Cup. honestly, if you could get out of that first round, yeah. you'd be pumped. So right? I think, yeah, man, fucking have all your allegiances. Like, <laughs> just I, I'm not that someone kid. who's like not, three or four flags, yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> one pole, like eight <laughs> flags. I like, just. It's very Canadian. You don't want to make anyone feel bad. No, it's true, man. I'm looking forward to it, though. I, I the, For the first time, I, like every time the World Cup comes around, I'm like, I'm going to get into this. I'm going to go and I'm going to find a pub where people give a shit. And then oh, I yeah. go and I'm like, ah, it's so long. <laughs> it's one nil after 90 minutes. Or nil nil. Right. And uh, you say things like nil. I, 
Yeah. Otherwise, people punch you. They get so angry. <laughs> Not zero. <laughs> but you know who else is very excited for this World Cup? Mm. Our mutual friend, voice of the Ottawa Red Blacks. Oh. This guy's AJ probably, Jackie back. He's probably visited every country in the that Yeah, will be he, I mean, in the, the guy is like a and traveler. He's going. And he's going. And he's going to like, I don't know what it's up to now. Last time I was talking to him, he's going to like 16 or 17 games. Wow. Um, he sorry, hasn't been in matches. Since, yes. Oh, we're going to get so much. <laughs> we're going to get so, <laughs> we're going to be so angry. But Hoff, uh, no, you're Hoff. AJ was in here at the beginning of, uh, just before the CFL season started. He was talking about having traveled down to Mexico and couple other places at the Canadian men's national. And he then just dropped like, go to nowhere. He's like, yeah, no, no, we're going to go. And wait, you're going to Qatar? Like, that's not a place you just go. He's like, yeah, no, we're going to, we're going to be there. It's going to be great. Uh, they were trying to figure out what kind of like license he needed to be able to purchase alcohol while there. I think as long as you're drinking Budweiser, you're fine nationwide in Qatar during the World Cup. <laughs> sponsor. Uh, but that guy, yeah, man, he, he's, he's going to have going, a blast. He's like, going for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, AJ is just one of those guys that just will suddenly decide. He's probably going to have time. And I've worked with AJ for a bunch of years now, and he'll just randomly show up at like a practice or we'll be on the road at a game together. And he'll be like, so I'm going to Poland next yeah. week. I'm like, sure, of course. Sure, naturally. El Salvador he went to. And, and anyone who knows AJ knows that literally anything AJ does will generate very good stories. Oh, man. And he comes in here to tell them, like, I prepare eight questions. When AJ comes in for a one-hour show. That's a lot and I for get, him. I get to three of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he d- takes care of the rest, and that's why we bring him in. But that's one of those countries that I don't think without a World Cup, you plan to do the tourist thing. Yeah, in, I right? still I, don't have any interest I'm, in going no, to Qatar. No. Um, 112 degrees probably in November. But like AJ that. just, you know, powering power through, him, and he's man. going to. And it's not just like he wants to dabble in soccer while he's there. He's literally going to do nothing but right. like multiple games a day. Just a monster. Uh, I assume Red Blacks will be done quick enough. He can get in here before he leaves to uh, to do a show. That's I a contractually cannot comment Confirm on that or deny possibility. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we had to take a little break. Had to get another beer. Would we go with this time, man? Oh, so I went to the East Coast, Ooh. which is fitting because I was just in the East Coast. One of my other weddings this in summer the, on the on the uh, sure in the yeah I guess on the. Our friend Amy's always like, when I go I was home, in the water on the East Coast. She's like, I'm on PEI. And I'm like, no, you're in. No, wait. You no, are I guess you are on, on the island. PEI. Yeah. It's weird to me, though. In any event. Yes. Um, my brother got married in Nova Scotia a couple weeks ago. Sounds made up, too. It was. <laughs> it almost it almost needed to be. It took them so long because of COVID and like <laughs> yes. various factors to get that wedding done. But, right. So. Not related at all to this beer. Except that during, <laughs> at the wedding and around the wedding, we drank a lot of beer. Um, but this is the Church Brewing Company in Wolfville, Nova Scotia. Mm. The Till Death Do Us Tart. I like it. You get it? Yeah. I do. I do. I get um, it. <laughs> and it's a raspberry framboise. See, and that one uh, was been sitting front and center in the TCA beer fridge waiting for someone to grab it as I'm not really a, sour. a tart person, yeah. sour. I'm a tart person. I'm not a tart beer person. <laughs> My personality is tart. <laughs> just like I'm not a huge, I'm not a huge stout guy. Right. But you love, you love oh, your stout sport. Like just, and we are rolling into that season where all the sours and stuff disappear. Yeah. And I'm more inclined to have a hefty, darker type. As it cools any, off. Yeah. yeah. I'm all Getting in into that fall. Where, what do you? How do you feel about pumpkin beer? Yeah, honestly, I don't know that I'd ever tried. I'm one. hijacking the show right now. Yeah, now it's it, all now right. I'm interviewing you. 
<laughs> um, up until I think last week, uh, Shrides was in, and uh, I offered her because because I know she's a basic, that's as she calls it, a basic fall girl. <laughs> like looks forward to the uh, the fall beers and the fall weather and the foliage and the all everything that goes into it. Uh, right? uh, no, she, so she, yeah, she calls it basic. And so um, I had a a uh, a pumpkin spice beer that uh, I thought she'd want to try, and she looked at me and said, "No, I don't want to do that." I'm like, all right, well then I'll drink it. It it kind of tasted like a wax candle, kind of thing. <laughs> like a pumpkin scented. It candle. really was not great. Um, like I've had some not terrible pumpkin beers. It's not my favorite. I don't hate them I love outright. Punk. I love pumpkins. Sometimes I knew exactly when she said it. I knew exactly what she was driving at. And you kind of go, yeah, okay, I get it. It doesn't necessarily mean it's bad, but, uh, you know. Did you drink it all? I did, yeah. Oh, boy. I, it, it takes a lot for me to leave a soldier behind, like a not-finished one. <laughs> it has to really be undrinkable. Right. Like, it's got to be just awful. Um, so... <laughs> That's why the one that you have there sat there. So, uh, uh, to me, that may have been, uh, I was not looking forward to a, a tart uh, sour. Like, it's just not my style at all. Well, I'm feeling tart tonight, so. So I've gone back to uh, the Nita Beer Company, which you just finished one. I've grabbed uh, another one from uh, from over there. Uh, and this is the Majestical Double Dry Hopped IPA. And uh, we'll see what that's all about. Because I think this is the first time Nita's ever done one of those. Uh, they've stepped up the uh, the AAV on it, so nope. AAV is the salary cap hit. <laughs> this is an ABV. <laughs> this is the an- average annual value of this client. Right. Oh, that was a good one. Right into the mic. Normally, when you do that, it comes off all flaccid and like a lot of things we do here in the, uh, the TCA podcast. I have no comment. No, that's fair enough, ma'am. Uh, why don't we? I, I wanted to touch on uh, every year. The NHL likes to go over to Europe and they send two or four teams over and you play a couple exhibition games against a couple of the top teams in whatever country you're visiting. And then those teams will play each other, sometimes in an exhibition game, sometimes in a game that actually counts. And so the San Jose Sharks and Nashville Predators are supposed to play in uh, uh, in the Czech Republic. I assume uh, in Prague. I don't know that for sure. And uh, the Czech government has said, hey... How about you leave your Russians at home? Oh. Because they're not super pumped about a lot of things that Russia has been doing lately. And frankly, a lot of us aren't super pumped about a lot of the things that Russia has been doing lately. Yeah. So uh, uh, one of the things that complicates this as we wait to see how this is all going to play out is Mike Greer, who is the new general manager of the San Jose Sharks, says what he's supposed to say as a leader. If we're not going as a team. We're not going. We're not coming. And I don't know how this really plays out because, frankly, you know, the Czech Republic is a country who used to exist under Soviet, you know, right under the thumb of the Soviet Union behind the Iron Curtain. And they've had numerous politicians, including Dominic Hasek, who is now a a bigwig in the Czech Republic, saying... Russian NHL pl- or Russian players should not be allowed to play in the NHL. They shouldn't be allowed to play anywhere uh, outside of Russia. And uh, he's one of the guys who has pushed hard for for this to happen. And I don't necessarily blame Mike Greer either, who is just swept up in the business of the National Hockey League. We go and play random exhibition games in different countries in Europe to try and build interest in our league. Man, it's, 
it's kind of shitty. It's kind of tough when sports crosses swords with, with the real world existing well, not even politics, just like the horrible shit that's yeah. going on in the world. Yeah, that's a tough position for, I guess, everyone involved Basically in this everyone. conversation. That's a, I mean, I, I get, like, like you said, I get kind of both perspectives. I think if I was, a, you know, a Czech hockey leader, given their history with that, you know, with the Russians. Yeah. Um, I'd be, I mean, part, maybe it's the NHL's fault. Like you're maybe now this is not the year to be doing. It was probably these contracts were probably signed and booked before. I, the I would, invasion, I, right? I would, I would assume so, but I mean, it's a hard one. It's yeah. a hard one to, to sort out because on the one hand, okay, if you just want them to happen, then yeah, you know what? And really, why would you cancel the contract? You're like, we're going to the Czech Republic. Those people have done nothing wrong. Yeah. The Czechs are the ones who have, and again, I'm not criticizing, they've turned around, okay, don't, don't bring Russians. Yeah. And then you have to think like, is it, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the, what the answer is to that one because, you know, those games are worth presumably that you know, sponsorships yeah. and, and everything that's involved in On that. On both sides, I, probably. I would think there's a lot of money involved, but at the same time, are they going to forbid, you know, right? can't, you know, like, is there even an option to go there and like, and, and it guys? shouldn't matter, but none of the Russians on Nashville or San Jose are big name players. Like yeah. if this was Ovechkin or, you know, maybe... Oh, it would be somebody a, bends because there's autograph signings and international freaking incident. But but you're talking about like Yakov Trenin and Sergey Barabanov and like my initial my initial gut feeling is to be if if these games have to happen, it's like yeah, we'll leave the Russian guys at home. It's not yeah, it's just kind of the way it is right now with what's going on in I, Ukraine. That I think it's I not agree. an isolated thing. I think I agree, but I am a first year general manager yeah. in San Jose in my career. And my first move will be to, you know, separate a couple of players from our organization that are. Do you, I, I don't even know if he's going to have a choice. Like if the games are going to happen, the league's going to make them go. I don't know if Mike Greer can take the stand and be like, we're not, well, we're not getting on the plane. Okay, we're not like, going. I. This is it. It's going to get really it's, ugly, it man. Could it's going to get complicated. Get and like, I don't like to exclude, you know, there's a difference to me right now between, Say you it. know, just like your average Russian yep. versus like, Team you know, Russia. Like, like, like a Putin apologist oh, or okay. like a Putin yeah. fan. Yeah. Like there's, you know, Ovechkin, it's hard to say where he stands. He seems to be a very it's pro not hard to say Putin guy. There's yeah. a, there's a lot hard, of, but there's a lot of hard on the Putin. Presumably. There's also quite a few Russians that are not Putin fans, which yeah. you've seen through, you know, the protests in Moscow. Panarin and especially had to disappear. Yeah. Like his family was like he had said some anti-Putin things and he said, I need to disappear from the Rangers. Go take care of some. So I do have a hard time with penalizing guys like that who like yep. their only, you know, perceived crime is that they were born and yeah, a particular country versus if you're, you know, actively supporting the person that's making this shit happen i totally agree with that i i think if you are just a random uh like if zub here in ottawa he's just a guy he's zub zub he's just a guy zub. it's just a russian hockey player trying to do his thing and make his way leave him the fuck alone he's not responsible for what vladimir putin is doing ovechkin campaigns 
for Putin. Yeah, he's friends with Putin. Yeah, you're gonna have to answer some uncomfortable fucking questions, yeah, man. Yeah, to me, there's no, a big, there big is. difference. And the other thing that I think is different is: Are you Russian athlete or are you Team Russia? Yeah, one of the top five tennis players in the world right now, whose name escapes me because I'm not a big tennis guy, <laughs> is Russian, and he has been barred from some events and been welcome at others. And I have no idea what his position is, but it feels different to me. I think you have to let Russian guy compete, whereas you don't have to let Team Russia, where you are actively representing the country that is committing this assault, I don't think you have to let them compete. And so, you know, there is no Team Russia in the NHL. There's Team San Jose and Team Nashville with one or two Russian guys each. And I totally understand why the Czechs are taking the stance that they're taking. I totally understand why Mike Greer and the Sharks are taking the stance yeah. that they're taking. And I don't know how that plays out, man. I don't know how you fix that. No, that's... Because they both seem totally justified to me. Filed out under something that I'm very happy is not my job. <laughs> right. Because Hoff's not the guy who's going to have to answer questions Monday. No, because someone's pissed off and hurt or whatever, either way, or multiple people, or it's just a mess. And, like, not that I think that... I don't think the Czech Republic's a dangerous place to go no. to, but you have to worry about you know, any country now that says Russians aren't welcome. Like, is it safe to bring them to a certain place? Yeah. Yeah. Because you are getting awfully close. Like, there's an ocean between here and there. Yeah, and like, we sit here and, very comfortably. And, and you never know, you know, you don't know what Russia is capable in that. We do not. In that contact. I don't want to find out. No. We sit here right now wondering who blew up the gas lines between. Uh, it's scary. Can we talk about puppies now? Yeah. How is the old, uh, <laughs> the old wiener dog? The senior wiener? Yeah. She's great. She's 14. <laughs> Marley. Yeah. She's going strong. <laughs> Things are good on that front. Oh, yeah. She's a, she's a lovely dog. Uh, we, we, we share a similar love for a slow pace <laughs> when we're not, you know, actively doing things. Just like, she likes to chill. I like to chill. We chill a lot. You know who was not chill was NASA descending an assault into space to try and <laughs> smash on a asteroid just doing its own thing. That was an amazing segue. That was an amazing segue. Yeah, that's crazy. So we decide, and look, I get it. Can, the, the, the decision is basically, can we do Armageddon, right? That shitty Bruce Willis movie, and, and it actually wasn't shitty. I kind and of is Aerosmith it. available to sing? Right, things. exactly. So we're going to just shoot a rocket into space. We've done the math. We know how to hit it. We're going to just bang a rocket into this thing and see if it knocks it off course. And this is a, an asteroid that ha- poses no danger to Earth. But we need to know, can we nudge something off course, which 7 million miles away will be enough to, you know, divert it. Ideally around. I mean, if you were Earth. capable to do something like that just for like, oh, I am. shits I and gigs, yeah. like, I feel like I kind of want to, too. Like, we're going to shoot a huge rock. Right. Just for fun. <laughs> with no sh- real consequences on the way. shit into the space. A couple billion in taxpayer dollars. Just launch it up there and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, other than the exorbitant price tag, it sounds like fun. It was fun. It was just fun to watch the video on Twitter uh, and, and people, like... And so the idea, of of course, is to save Earth, right? We're like some shitty sci-fi m- movie, but for real, can we nudge something off course? They should have had Bruce Willis there pulling it, like pressing the button that makes it all happen. <laughs> it was Bruce Willis in Armageddon, right? <laughs> yes, it was, but I love that it's press a button. Well, I don't <laughs> know how they that's shoot off. That's what we boiled it down here on Earth is press the red button. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure eventually it's one button that makes the Eventually, fish, like, yeah. 
Hey Siri, destroy asteroid. With the theme song playing in the background? I don't want to close my eyes. <laughs> Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Oh, no, keep going. I didn't want to stop you. That's because I said the Siri word. <laughs> hey Siri, don't do what you're doing. Hey Siri, stop. I, I had that coming. <laughs> and she didn't pick up the song we were going no, for by my lyrics. Just... <laughs> I, I, I think, honestly, man, that was kind of the coolest thing that we will see. Like, science is fun. Science is kind of cool, right? Where you're like, we're all sitting here on Twitter tonight waiting to see if we manage to, from 7 million miles away, just launch a rocket into a big piece of space dirt and see if we can direct it off its course, which was already, and I think if we sit here now, I think we still don't know, did it move, right? Did its course change? We'll I think find out in 3,000 years, probably. Uh, Bruce, uh, Bruce Arthur from the Toronto Star tweeted that, we hit it, we hit it. We are the smartest dumb species. <laughs> or um, you might have, we are the dumbest smart species. I can't remember. But it doesn't you, matter, but I guess. Anyone who's been to the beach knows that if you have the option to throw a rock a smaller rock at a bigger rock. Oh, you have to. You're going to do it. You have to. So I totally got the basic desire on a But doesn't level. it feel like, based on everything happening on this big, stupid planet right now, because we are the dumbest. I think we're the dumbest smart species, we're not, not the great. smartest we're dumb not, species. We're not great. Doesn't it feel like, hey, here's the good news. We hit it. We actually, though, knocked this completely harmless asteroid right into a direct trajectory <laughs> with Earth, and that was our last smash. Also, we woke rocket. up a we woke up a sleeping species that when they get woken up by rockets, yeah. they get very angry. Yeah, as you would. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh no, no that one, thing was going to pass by by like three thousand miles. Now it's going to smash. Right based into on Earth's Denver. track record, I think for sure this will ultimately work out to not be a good idea. Yeah. But for the time being, it's pretty cool. And that was our last smashy, smashy rocket, so we can't nudge it again. Like it's, it's, uh, uh, that's just how this is going to uh, to probably play out, in my opinion. Last thing I got for you, man. This smells like jam, by the way. Sorry to interject. The tart, the church brewing company, yep. till death do us tart. So that came back uh, not that long ago, uh, like I said, from our pal, Amy, who oh, it's really good. is from the East Coast. And when you pass through, have you been to Halifax Stanfield Airport? Yes. Okay. Of course, many times. So when you come up the escalator there after security, just on your right, there's a place called Liquid Assets, and it is full of nothing but East Coast maritime beers and wines. That's heaven. It's amazing. And you go in, there's normally a guy who works there and... Um, he might be just a fantastic ex, uh, fantastic actor, or he might be an expert in what's happening in the region, but he knows how to direct you around and, and tell you. So Amy brought uh, that back for me the last time she was back home with a, it was a six or 12 pack or something. Well, this from, is from uh, Wolfville, Nova Scotia, yeah. which is home to Acadia University, which wow. is where my mom went to university. Okay. So, so there's, there's the connection. This I is why in your fridge, I was like, yeah. it's a beautiful, beautiful little, little town actually. Uh, okay. Out east, if you're ever. In Wolfville? In Wolfville. No, Tom, wolf. I never saw Tom a wolf, wolf there. No. <laughs> Falsely named. Uh, last thing I had for you. Tay-Tay. Going to do that uh, Super Bowl halftime show. <laughs> Taylor Swift. Um, where, uh, so we're coming off the heels of, what was it, Dre, Eminem, yeah. Snoop last year. Retro, thr- re- the throwback. I, I was so in on that. Oh, I loved right? it. Cause, and I'm, look, 
I make no claims to cool, right? Like that is not a world that I grew up in at the time. But from a safe white distance, <laughs> I was able to enjoy those songs. And so when they played that halftime show, I was all in. It was awesome. They did a great job. Uh, Taylor Swift is now going to be uh, the halftime show this year. But Rihanna's doing it too. I heard she? Rihanna was going to be a part of it. And I guess that's why it's newsworthy for her as she had passed. I've talked myself into a corner. She had passed on doing this in the past <laughs> um, due to Kaepernick. Right. She had oh, said, yes. I, yes, I, I, that, yeah. I don't want to perform at the Super Bowl. I don't want to vindicate what the NFL has done. Mm-hmm. And so we're hearing at this point that she will be part of the show with Taylor Swift. And this is always the deal, right? Is people who are going to watch the Super Bowl are going to watch the Super Bowl. The halftime show is to bring in people. It's who not may, for the people that are not fans of the Super Bowl. For the yeah. football fans. Uh, that seems to be lost on a lot of people. No, who just have to scream and yell yeah. and whatever at the... I remember when Katy Perry did it like 10 years ago. I was like, ah, well, right. I have a couple thoughts I'm on cute this. Cute as a button. Wait, did but... you have a question? We're just going to leave. No, just I, take I, it. I have some You know thoughts. what? Just take it and run with it, man. So my first thought is that I love Taylor Swift. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like if I had like a guilty pleasure on my phone, like on my Spotify list, like. I was actively excited last T-swi- spring. T-Swizzy? T-Swizzle? What do they call her? T-Swizz. T-Swizz. Sure. She's got some, she's got want, some she's down. friggin' jams, and I, like, don't come after Taylor Swift. She's, right. She's, she's good she's shit. She's a peach. Um, number two is, you're right, no one seems to understand that if you're, like, going to be glued to Even the, the game with your buddies. Even the marginal football will watch, marginal yeah, football like fan. Yeah, like, average watch, football yeah. fan who, like, tunes into two or three halves a year. Good chance will, the Super Bowl's one of them. Yeah, so they're not worried about you. They no. want... You know, my twenty-year-old girlfriend, my twenty-year-old sister, mom, or your my twenty-year-old sister who could never tell you who's playing in the game, right? Will probably tune in to watch the halftime show, that kind of show, and maybe you'll stick around for the third quarter. Maybe knowing her, probably not. But boost the ratings. You shut the TV off, but didn't turn the channel first. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So and yeah, and number three, like who the hell gets so mad about who plays a friggin' three-set concert (laughs) at a football game? Like again, again. Twitter trolls, man. Theme of the episode. Yes. Like, it should not make you that angry. You have fucking real problems if that makes you full of rage. Yeah. Um, And also just listen to some of Taylor Swift's friggin' jams. Like, Rihanna's got some, Rihanna's got some friggin' good, some good ones too. Like, just like, let her, let her ride. Uh, About a year ago, I guess it was, maybe a little less than that, uh, Taylor Swift was re-releasing all her albums because her old ones were owned by Scooter Braun. I know all the story. Okay. I take this seriously. Maybe you should be taking (laughs) the lead here on explaining this, but I guess her old record label owned, uh, yeah, he owned like the rights to all, like the actual ownership of her, like cat, her back catalog. So she's just like, fuck it. I'm going to re-record my albums and I'll release them on my own. And that'll be that. And there had been, there had been this story. There had been this tale forever. About a Taylor tale. A ta- <laughs> Love this guy. <laughs> this is why. This is why he's gamefully employed and, and slumming it here. On DCA. Hey, man. Well, it's the beer, yeah. So there's this long thing that this kind of it was never a huge hit. The song all too well, but there's this story. There's this background. There's this rumor that's like there's another like whole version of that. This, that's a ten minute song. I was gonna say that's the really long one, right? But on the radio. And on the album, it was only like two and a half, three minutes long. I'm like, no, this is, it's a full 10 minute song. And there's 
this rumor and you're always waiting like is it so when they announced that she's going to re-release that album i think it's the red album i i don't know i'm i'm not a huge taylor fan i, actually I don't do i like, don't know either We've i do like my, taylor yeah. but i, I and so they're going to re-release it and there's like a hint in the art or whatever when they announce they're going to redo that album that like points towards <gasps> it's real there's a 10 minute version imagine just having well. that like gold mine of like a b-side I get to do this extra in your back pocket again, yeah. and I will make millions off of it. But like, uh, that's, I, that's part of the reason. Like, I think like she's got some fun songs, she's like smart. some very, but like, she's like a she's savvy, so savvy yes. business person. Yeah. Like it's unbelievable. And re-recording all her like original stuff. Like it's brilliant. Cause she clearly wanted to tell this guy to, you know, go to hell. And she's like, well, I'm going to make what you paid money for. I now. It's not Ryan Reynolds or not Ryan Reynolds. This song is rumored to be about one specific oh. uh, actor. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't. And know. Half I'm the not lyrics, that much of a die. I'm not that much of a. No, I'm I'm with you. But so I'm in on this uh, this and so uh, one of the lines in that song all too well is uh, dropped my fuck the patriarchy keychain on the ground, and uh, it's like I wonder because my sister's a huge Taylor Swift fan, so I just Google fuck the patriarchy keychain, and no one has capitalized on this, except one woman in North Carolina has one of those... Like Etsy stores. Exactly, Etsy. I'm glad you bailed me out because I couldn't remember what it was called, but it was Etsy, and it it was nothing. It's just, there's nothing special about the keychain other than screen printed on it. It says, fuck the patriarchy. That's I'm like, great. I'm going to order that for my sister for Christmas. And so I showed it to a buddy of mine. He's like, you know what the patriarchy is, right? I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, like you're kind of telling your sister it's okay to be like, fuck off, man. I'm like... Yeah, yeah like that, the, <laughs> this is not hurting my feelings. I'm not offended by it. We both think this song think is an, awesome. Do you think I'm an idiot? I'm like, this insecure over whatever. And so, I don't know. I, I thought as much as anything, it was almost a gag gift. Like her and I were both, oh my God, I can't wait for the 10-minute version of All Too Well. And just at the time, happened to Google, fuck the patriarchy keychain. It's and, actually written, the song is written about Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal, that's right. Sorry to Ryan Reynolds who took a try <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> we love Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, of course. He's, uh, He's ne- Canadian, coming up next week Canadian on the podcast. <laughs> You're right, though. It was Jake Gyllenhaal. And there are other lyrics in there that, you know, he you you were able to sit down and have coffee with my dad like it was a late night talk show. And you're like, oh, she means Jake Gyllenhaal. Like, if you actually Google... Which I just did the meaning to that song. There's yeah. like a bajillion hits, like breaking down like word by word of the lyrics. Oh, Tay is so awesome, though. I just just getting after it. She should just like her whole halftime show. Like there should be no music. It's just her and a microphone and like a one man show where she tells you all the reasons that Jake Gyllenhaal sucks. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here for it. And I know the diehard that. football fans watch the Super Bowl will also love. Yeah, it. of course, man. So. Uh, I guess we should probably get close to winding this down. As, it's your uh, show. Yeah. I don't know. The fuck else I got to do? <laughs> 67's home opener is this weekend. That is uh, Friday? Sunday. Sunday. They play, uh, their their season opener is Friday. Okay. Uh, in Oshawa. Go Jennies! No. I'm sorry. I, Look, you know I like I was this. like, get off, get off your show. Yeah, you know, you seriously, you had the opportunity uh, to wind things down. And I, you I, I, I revved it up. And then Sunday... Hosting the Erie Otters at TD Place, which is wicked because the last year or two with COVID, we mostly only played East Conference yeah, teams. Yeah. So now they're more back to kind oh, of – Because they were like stuck on the other side of the border. Yeah, just so ridiculous. Like three so, teams yeah, so it's, it's been a weird – and like you play the Kingston front and that's like 97 times in a year. Um, 
but now it's back to something kind of resembling normal. So Erie's here on Sunday. Um, good looking team, bunch of guys that just coming back from NHL camps. Some of our some of our prospects, uh, Tyler Boucher, Tyler still Boucher with the Sens. Looks we're, okay right now, yeah. He's looking good. We're expecting him back. Uh, hopefully for I think that, he's playing for tonight. That first game, yeah. You and I are sitting here Tuesday. I think he's out in Winnipeg with the Sens. Yeah, tonight. they're giving him a good look. He's looked he's looked really good. And so yeah. we're excited to get him. You know, the Sens are deep, kind of. The, most of their spots mm. are set, so we're expecting Boosh back. But um, do you wish to speak on the Sens at all while you're here? Should I give you that? Or the Sens are going to be really good this year, Matt. Sens are going to be fine this year, and the I Leafs mean, are going to be okay. disappointing. Yeah, tell, me, tell me, probably to you. No, you know what? This year, I don't feel like I need to like rage hate on the Leafs right off the bat because I am actually excited about my own team for the first time. In it's funny that uh, eh? quite a little while, so I don't feel like. Because I'm unhappy, I need to go out of the way to make other people <laughs> unhappy. <laughs> I've looked uh, at some of that on Twitter, too, where, like, last year, the Sens were like, left like a dead raccoon on the side of the highway in November. Their season was over. And so, yeah, you turn your attention to shit on everybody else, right? Yeah. This yeah, year. And don't, and don't get me wrong. Like, the Leafs are still going to flame out in the first round. All right. But. To the I'm, Sens? I'm probably, well. I, God, that'd be bad. That'd be that'd be a tough one. With all the history, I'm still scared of playing the Leafs in the playoffs as a sense yeah. fan because it's never yeah. gone well. But legitimately, um, there's something on my side too that's like I don't want to play them again because we might lose this thing where we're able to go. We've never lost to you in the playoffs. Yeah, we always go, like I don't want to risk you guys. That, the heck. Right? Like I don't want to. But all joking aside, the team is really you know. And the whole fan base seems to be on the same page. Fan base is pumped. Man. It's just the, the additions, the yeah, the new guys they brought in, the guys that are, they've signed uh, to long term de- to long term deals. Like it's just yeah, it's been a long time since Ottawa fans have had this hot kind of pier summer has been a, a big deal <laughs> hot <pier> summer. <laughs> and he's, it's been and like I you know I'll be the first like I've been skeptical about you know Dorian in that role for the last couple of years, but also understanding that, you know, he had other restraints, handcuffs on. Yep. Yes. Restraints would be a nicer way to put it. <laughs> um, shackles. Right. Um, and it's just, you know, the team, you know, you never speak ill of someone who's passed away, but the, it does seem that Melnick not being in the picture anymore has opened these floodgates Changed for, for just, sure. just the vibe there. And, you know, his yep. daughters by all accounts have been, have been very popular yep. and, and progressive and, you know, the Pride logo was back for Pride yep. Month and um, – The senators appeared in the Pride Parade for the first did, time. They did and they're in, bringing back alumni that, you know, had been here and left. Like yeah, when you got like Wade Redden come back. Is back. Like Redden's back Phillips is like a back. development guy. Like it's just yep. you're reaching not only like some of your biggest, biggest names, but you're reaching back a little bit to bring to bring these people back. And it, and it like to me as a PR guy is so friggin' brainless. Like <laughs> it's so obvious yes. that you need like – Fans love those guys. Like Chris, like forget Alfie's a god in the city, of course. But like guys like Chris Neal and Chris Phillips, and like Neeler especially, like just one of those guys that, and and I shouldn't say especially because like Chris Phillips and the stuff he's done charity wise and getting the foundation back to kind of yes. now it's a sense foundation again. But a guy like Chris Neal who's just that like ultimate. Maybe the only guy favorite. who's ever made Ty Domi believe. Yeah, and <laughs> guys loved him for it, and fans loved him for it. So it's like to have those guys back and Redden, you know, another one of those guys that just you know they was such a big part of this team's early success and you know in that era. So to realize that it wasn't irreparably harmed those relationships and that they're willing to, yeah. they're obviously being told that they, like the what they've been told is fits with what they think this franchise should be aligned with, and that's that can't be anything but good news. Yeah, what you've 
what Sens fans have been through is kind of rough. And they have gone out of their way on top of DeBrincat, on top of the Stutzla signing, on top of the Giroux signing, right? They've been told, fix it. Fix the relationships, because I'm hearing anecdotally things that people you would never hear from otherwise, like food vendors at the arena who hadn't been paid are yeah. being paid. Fix these relationships, get it done. It so, clearly wasn't just an on ice thing, right? Right. So you gotta, you gotta pick up all the pieces. So business wise, fan wise, all these sorts of things, this organization, whatever. Yeah. We don't want to speak ill of the dead and that's fine. Whatever track they are on now clearly understands, fix the relationships that you have and get this going again. Look, my stance. And it seemed like people were waiting to have those relationships fixed. Like people just didn't just disappear. They were like, we'll be here when you guys can sort out what you want to. What we're doing here. What is this? And so the fact that you can get these people back is. Yep. Like you can't overstate enough what having Alfie, even in an unofficial role. Yeah. He, and he came out last week and said, or this week and said, there will be no official job. But I'm going to be around a bunch. Here. Yeah, I'm like, be a guest. I am back around this You thing. know what that does for a guy like Brady Kachuk to have a guy like Alfie just like hanging out, like maybe coming for a skate once in a while, like yeah. pick his brain, like that. Coaching in the alumni games. Yeah. Like whatever just, the that exhibition stuff, games. That stuff is matters, huge. man. It's big. Yeah. It's big. So I, I do. I get it uh, on a PR uh, front. I, I absolutely understand why Sens fans are excited. The only thing I would say as a Leaf guy. Has to say it. Yeah, thirty points. It's a long way to make up. I absolutely expect. The You're a long way to make up. I don't know. What that, <laughs> that means. I, I need a lot of makeup. I'll accept that as fair. Uh, thirty points is a long way to make up. It is. And this team is absolutely going to be better. Are any of those top four teams, the Bruins, the Leafs, the 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 Panthers, and the Lightning, falling back far enough for the maybe yes, the Leafs? Maybe yeah, no, won't be the Leafs. Although we do have your goalie. Uh, you're well, is, you're um, welcome. Yeah, thanks. But that's the other thing. Like like you said, it wasn't just the huge, like the big, like the big, big acquisitions. It's like going out and getting Talbot, which was is a big, is a big acquisition, but it wasn't, you know, something yeah. people saw coming. Like just to give like another option, some competition, like bringing Derek Broussard in on, on a PTO just to, yeah, I don't know. I just I think we need someone in there who's Cam Talbot is thirty five years old. He's fine. His last couple of years, his advanced analytics are kind of trending slightly down, whereas Gustafson's were sort of trending slightly but so up. Is, so is Forsberg. Forsberg's were like, trending way up. Yeah, it's a bit of a risk, but it's a risk worth taking. I don't think you needed to bring in. I I loved a, I loved everything else Ottawa did this year. I kind of looked at the Talbot movement. I don't know why. See, I like it. I, I'm a big believer in goalie tandems in the NHL and not riding one guy constantly to the point I of. I think Gustafson could have been part of that. I just so. think I think you need a veteran with yeah. a young guy if you're gonna like a good goalie tandem and a guy who's been there a little bit. I don't know. Remains to be seen. God knows we fucked up the goalie thing in Ottawa. Like on. <laughs> Many and you did manage to occasions. punt the biggest problem down the highway. So. Yeah, we did. So <laughs> you know, I am open-minded. I am filled with a cautious optimism oh, that I, I haven't had. Answer all the things you're filled with. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is a family show. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly uh, just beer. Yeah. No, you're right about that. And so uh, 67s kick off the season on uh, on Friday. Sunday is the home opener against Erie. Uh, that should be a lot of fun. I I will admit... My heart has slightly warmed to the 67 since I've been here. It's not like my, my Leafs versus Sens things where I will never 
Get over that. I will never be a Sens fan. I have warmed to the 67s bit, but I do still have a spot in my heart for the well, Chinese. Well, how about, how about this? I'll, I'll hook you up to give away on your on your Twitter. We'll do four tickets to the uh, the home opener. I love that idea. Throw it out on uh, the Twitter machine. I love that you, idea, you see fit, and uh, we'll get some, get some more. Chris Hoffley and the Ottawa Sports and Entertainment Group, just great to, uh, to the listenership, to the people here in Ottawa. So we will do that. Two pairs of two tickets to the uh, 67s home opener on Sunday. Uh, we'll get back to you on exactly how that's going to We will have a method because I, yeah. just, I just sprung this sprung out. Matt has no boy, idea but... at this point right now uh, how that's going to play out. But, no, uh, I'm going to tell you how you're going to do it. You're going to put it on Twitter. Yeah. you got to be following Tall Can Audio. Yeah. you got to be following 67s. Yeah. And what the hell? you got to be following Chris Hoffley on Twitter, too. <laughs> um, and if and, we and will then, forgive one, it will be that you're not following Exactly. <laughs> and, and then you will tweet that, and you will pick a winner from the from the retweets or however you idea. want people to say, and we will, we will take it from there. That is amazing. Right. Uh, Chris Hoffley, I will forgive you for missing episode 1000. It would have been amazing for you to have been here and been a part of it because you were a huge part, especially through the pandemic when you and I chatted for the first time. And then everything you did for this show through the pandemic in terms of bringing people on and, and hooking us up. Uh, I do appreciate it. No, man, a thousand, a thousand episodes of literally anything <laughs> is, is an insane accomplishment. And to do it, you know, the passion that you have for this and the people that you bring on are all, I mean, I know so many of your guests and they're yeah. all, all excellent human beings. So it's, uh, you know, well, we appreciate you don't just mail it in. These shows are always... Well, they're always something. They're always something is correct. So, um, but I can't, I can't tell you how much I appreciate what you helped with through the pandemic, especially. And uh, Cheers. we're glad you're still around for it. So uh, we'll wind things down on that front. Uh, and like I said, stick around to our Twitter account at tall can audio. Apparently we're giving away tickets to the uh, 67s home opener. So stick around. Uh, Chris Hoffley, thank you so much for doing this, man. My pleasure, buddy. We're out of here. Stick around because on Thursday morning, your buddy, your pal, Steve Bunda, back on the podcast. Uh-oh. We'll have lots to get with, to, uh, with him as well. So stick around for that. My name is Matt. For Chris Hoffley, we'll wind this one down here. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you all next time.